from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. What's Trending is brought to you by GEICO. you got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to GEICO.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest to you. Let's get it. NC State added a sixth-year quarterback in the transfer portal over the weekend. Brendan Armstrong, who spent his first five years at Virginia, the last three as the starter, will be reunited with Robert Anai, the offensive coordinator at NC State. Last season at Virginia, Armstrong struggled. Seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions, but that was with Des Kitchings calling the plays. That's Des Kitchings, former NC State offensive coordinator. It's like that name sounds familiar. Robert Anai was Virginia's offensive coordinator under Bronco Mendenhall in 2021. Armstrong had 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 4,449 passing yards. So, but what about MJ Morris? Well, freshman played five games last year, had a knee injury. Some Mm -hmm. of those details came out over the weekend as well. Thanks to his mother on Twitter. We have some clarity about the extent of his knee injury, which he suffered not against Boston College, rather in the win over Wake Forest. So this is a chance for NC State to potentially redshirt MJ Morris and use Brennan Armstrong and then would have three years of MJ Morris. So he can, this is where I, I, I will admit that the COVID year has Correct. completely fried my brain as to what is and what is not possible for players. Right. right? So MJ Morris can redshirt this upcoming season. MJ Morris has no COVID eligibility because he was not in school during Got it. the pandemic year. Got it. He has a five to play four calendar. Yes. So you, you don't have to redshirt your first year. You mm-hmm. can redshirt any of those five that you like. I have no problem. I, I understand. I saw some sentiment expressed and some questions from some state fans that I know saying, but but what about MJ Morris? There's a, there's a very callous way of going about it. And then there's a, a much more practical way of, about going about it. So I'll go with the callous way first. What about MJ Morris? We tend to do this, and around here I get why, is because NC State has a history of quarterbacks being the guy, okay? Um, But not all of them are. And I don't think we had enough data points from MJ Morris to really make any sort of declarations as to who he is. We also don't know who he is with a new offensive coordinator. Those types of things matter. You bring up Des Kitchens, right? Brennan Armstrong was one guy with... Robert and I, yes. and he was another guy with Des Kitchens. Although, refresh my memory, wasn't that the co-offensive coordinators year? In, in title only. In title Kitchens only. is the okay. one who called the place. All right. I just wanted to, I wanted my memory refreshed on that one. So, we don't know what that relationship is going to be. So, that's my callous way of looking about sure. this. Now, um, I will say, in defense of Morris, what we saw was a great comeback against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. We saw NC State's best game of the year against Wake Forest. And then, obviously, he was injured. We did not see him play on the road, though. No, no. which I would have wanted at by the end of the year. You know, the writing was on the wall that NC State was going to turn to MJ Morris, mm-hmm. that he is the future of the program. And then it got cut short by the But injury, it got short. Which gets back to what I truly think, and that is the more practical side of things. If you think he is the guy and you're being really cautious with the injury and you can register. Yeah, he did not play in the bowl game. And you're not worried about him transferring somewhere because, well... Brandon Armstrong's not competing for the job beyond this year. Right. Well, then that makes a lot of sense. It seems smart. 
And we can get annoyed with the coaching staffs across all of college football not telling us anything as it relates to injuries because it's not just a Dave Dorn issue. It's a college football issue in general. As long as those conversations are being had between Dave Doran, MJ Morris, and the family, I got zero issues with it. I would have to imagine, especially if the mom is tweeting about the injury, to just clear the air because of some stupid NC State fan account that I don't even want to mention. I'm actually shocked people still engage with that Twitter account, but that's another story altogether. My point is, it didn't seem to me like the mom had a problem with what NC State was doing. Based on how she really no, the problem wasn't with NC State. No, it's about how people were talking about MJ Morris. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. And sticking with quarterbacks, but to the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, regular season is over. Aaron Rodgers did the thing that Aaron Rodgers loves to do more than come up short in the playoffs since having won the Super Bowl, and that is be super, super vague about his future. And either he's doing it intentionally to get the people going, or he truly is contemplating not playing football next season. Because uh, you got to remember the way things have uh, how they shook out with the with the contract. It's entirely possible that Rodgers is done. What he'll do next, anybody's guess. My money's on a podcast. He'll go join the Joe Rogan Network or something like that. Pat McAfee Network. Maybe, maybe he'll do that. I have no idea. Maybe he will start a substack like everybody else. But what about Tom Brady? Tom Brady's moving on to the postseason. They've got a game Monday night, a week from today, against the Dallas Cowboys. I don't expect a long playoff run for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are not in a Super Bowl window. But I can see them I can see them beating the Dallas Cowboys, which is more of an indictment of the Cowboys, Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, than it is anything about Tampa Bay. But is Tom Brady going to be done? Where I can see Aaron Rodgers stepping away from the game to go on another ayahuasca journey, I don't see Tom Brady retiring. I think he's got one more year in him. The question is where, Joe? He might even have two more years. Maybe. Maybe. He's got choices. He's going to have suitors. He's going to have choices. I think probably San Francisco's tops on his list, given where that team is. Plug him in. But if they win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, then what do you need Tom Brady for at 46 years old? The Raiders have the skill players, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, you name it. Josh McDaniels as the head coach is someone that Brady is familiar with and obviously trusts. You look at the Dolphins, I mean, it would be kind of terrifying to think about Tariq Hill Mm -hmm. and Jalen Waddell with Tom Brady. Regardless, if he even plays on the road, I would just put him in a cocoon and only play him in the Miami games. But... You know, he's going to have choices. I I still think he plays at a high level. I also think people want to play with Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to find not that many people want him. No, not that many people are going to want him. You mentioned in the previous segment about, you know, home field conditions and everything else for Aaron Rodgers and these early exits. I don't think it has anything to do with the weather. I think it has everything to do with just how much we overvalue Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. If... We, we can understand and recognize skill, but we can also point out that if he's as good as people claim he is, teams would be elevated beyond that. I, I'm actually still, maybe I'm still dealing with the after effects of last season, not this past regular season that closed, but the season before where everybody spent all this time talking about, who does he have? I forgot who it was on ESPN. Is like, well, other than the running back and other than this top wide receiver, Devontae Adams, 
Who does he really have? I mean, a lot of teams, a lot of quarterbacks would love to have the weapons that Aaron Rodgers had last year. And they got bounced at home then. So maybe we need to have an honest conversation about Aaron Rodgers, who has a really uninspiring record after that Super Bowl that they won. Now, he's got one, he's got one Super Bowl more than Dan Marino. Good for you. But that doesn't make you like an all-timer in the grand scheme of things. Next up. All three triangle schools won this weekend. Actually, they all played on Saturday, Joe, in men's basketball. North Carolina took care of Notre Dame in an early game over in Chapel Hill. 81-64. Pack Smith Center. Weird. For an 11-30 start hmm. on a weekend. Huh. Could have never seen that one coming. Oh, no, wait. We did. Duke hung on to beat Boston College 65-64. Jeremy Roach did not play in that game. Not He is not scheduled to play against Pittsburgh this week either. And then the big win was by NC State on the road against a desperate Virginia Tech team. Jarkel Joyner with 21 points. Terquavion Smith with 22. NC State knocks off Virginia Tech 73-69. Weird. It's, it's like if your best players are your best players, good things will happen for you. One thing about Kevin Keats, which I find kind of interesting, you know, this is a season where a lot of people have been turning up the heat on Kevin Keats at NC State. There's one thing that Kevin Keats has been able to do that the previous coaches going all the way back to Les Robinson have not been able to do. They beat Duke, and they followed it up with a win. What's the record for that collective? Um, the previous four coaches went a combined 2-20. and 20. So the coaches between Jim Valvano and Kevin Keats, 2-20. Two 2-20. And 20. Two and 20. And Kevin Keats is four and one after beating a blue team. Yes, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, that especially in a situation like this, you know, a short turnaround, going up there, Virginia Tech being one and three, and you know my opinion of Mike Young. Next up, number two to the college football playoff between Georgia and TCU. The Bulldogs looking to go back to back. They found themselves in a hell of a game against Ohio State with a. With a missed field goal as the clock struck midnight on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. TCU, though, is the sentimental favorite here, or uh, I guess I could say the the non-SEC favorite, because they're just a great story where their program was, and they've got, uh, they're extremely online with the hypnotoad thing. You also have, you want to talk about some insane social media. Have you followed TCU's Twitter account and the videos they put out? After they beat Michigan, they... They just destroyed Jim Harbaugh uh, about milk and khakis. And they actually put, you know, cow nipples on Jim Harbaugh at one point in a Photoshop. They do some weird stuff. It's so bonkers. I don't even know if I should be laughing or be disturbed. But that's TCU's whole shtick. The other thing about TCU's shtick, Jillio, luck. Sometimes that luck lasts all season and you can pull it off with a national championship. Sometimes it runs out. I'm not saying that Max Duggan and the rest of TCU doesn't have some skill, but we know we know that Georgia's the more skilled team. They got the dudes. Can luck break their way? That's the question. Crazy to think that the four years before Sonny Dykes was hired, so the last four years of Gary Patterson, seven and six, five and seven, six and four, five and seven, they're thirteen and one and playing for the national championship. I believe it's their first look at the national championship since 1938. Just a few years in between titles. Had a little guy named Duke Walker running the running around the last time they won the thing. I feel like there's a story time with Joe Gillio related to Sonny Dykes and 
his potential landing spot at NC State, which we'll get to in about 30 minutes. So be here in about 30 minutes at 545. We'll have a very special story time with Uncle Gilio. I feel like this is a new feature we should do. Story time with Uncle Gilio. And we'll tell you how Sonny Dykes maybe almost could have been NC State's football coach. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. Carolina Panthers season is over. They close out the year with a win over New Orleans. Man, that would have been nice if they had beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the week before. They would be your NFC South winners, and we would be talking about playoffs. Instead, we're talking about who the next head coach of the Panthers is going to be. I think it's simple. We'll discuss next. The Carolina Panthers season is over. The biggest offseason thing for the Carolina Panthers, finding a new head coach. I think they've got that coach already. Just remove the interim tag from Steve Wilkes. But here's Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, talking about having a an open mind when talking about their next coach. We'll know when we get to that person. But there, there, there are some really good candidates this year. We just have to make sure we keep an open mind going into this, that we're not like just locked in on one guy, two guys, three guys, because that happens to be a tendency. And so we have to keep always reminding ourselves, keep an open mind, give everybody a chance to come in, opportunity to learn. We'll know when the right person's in front of us. That's Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. After the game, Steve Wilkes was asked about the head coaching job. It's not like he's been shy about the fact that he wants it, but now that the season is over, what were his thoughts? He's keeping that close to the vest. You know, it's not my call. And, you know, uh, again, Joey, as you talked about or just mentioned, it's not, it, it's not about me. Uh, again, it's about those men in that locker room. Uh, it's about this organization, the, the, the coaching staff, support staff. Uh, everybody pulled together this year all right, to uh, endure all the things that we had to go through. So uh, it's just not just me. So uh, I just commend everybody in this organization the way we just rallied and pulled together. So that's Steve Wilkes after the game. Here's Steve Wilkes today on the fact that the interview with David Tepper is tomorrow. One thing, David, you, you'll find some consistency with me, and that is is that uh, I'm not going to express on anything beyond today uh, and really with the exit meeting with these players as we move forward. Um, so uh, I'm just going to keep that private. So there's Steve Wilkes, interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Now, Jillio, I want to go back to what Fitterer had said today about keeping an open mind. Keeping an open mind includes taking Steve Wilkes seriously as a coaching candidate after he goes 6-6 six and six after the firing of Matt Rule. Six wins is important here. That's something that Matt Rule was never able to achieve in two full seasons with the Carolina Panthers. So you can go for the hot shot guy and not get any results, and we've seen plenty of that. Look at Cliff Kingsbury getting fired today. Or you can get... You can, you can hire somebody that clearly gets buy-in from the players, clearly has added a level of respectability to the Panthers when they were viewed as an unserious franchise for the last two and a half seasons. And more importantly, let's see what Wilson do with a plan. Who will be his actual play caller? Who will be on staff? Rather than scrambling like we saw this season with not having their best player in Christian McCaffrey, 
having to work through attrition in the coaching staff for a variety of different reasons. Let's see what he can do with a plan because he didn't get it in Arizona and he certainly didn't get it here, but he's still been successful within the context. Yeah, 6-6 six and six is impressive for all the reasons that you just mentioned. But you can't allow yourself to think, well, these are my only choices. Well, I could either hire Jim Harbaugh or I could only hire Sean Payton or sure. then I go back to Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. What he did was impressive. But a lot of times people are scramblers, Joe. And so he did a good job scrambling. What can he do when he hires his offensive play caller? What can he do when he gets the right quarterback in place? Because now with the ninth pick in the draft, I'm not sure one of the three quarterbacks who look like they could turn a franchise around potentially are going to get to him. Like, I don't think Bryce Young, who I don't like, or C.J. Stroud, who I do like, is going to get to them at nine. It's funny you mention that because if the Panthers had not given up a bunch of picks, right, they could actually find themselves in a position to move up from the ninth spot. Sure. Because the Chicago Bears, thanks to the Houston Texans winning a football game, maybe that's why Lovey Smith got fired. Like, you did what? What? We were supposed to have the number one pick in the yeah, draft. And Arizona has the third pick. So they got know, the quarterbacks. Those two spots are, are probably going to be moved. I also do think there are a lot of more options this offseason mm-hmm. on the free agency. Like, so you're not picking through Sam Darnold, you're not picking through Baker Mayfield. I do think they have a legitimate chance to get someone to be an answer at quarterback this offseason. It's probably not going to be in the draft, though. You talk about you talk about scrambling, and I, I understand what you're saying as somebody who identifies as a as somebody who scrambles. You're you're kind of in the same yeah. in, in the same boat too. It works out for us, you know, in the grand scheme of things. I would argue that the NFL being a scrambler really is more of a benefit than a con at this point because any number of things can happen to you in the course of a regular season. Just look at the teams that are going into the playoffs with their third string quarterback or having a key injury or multiple key injuries the same way that the Buffalo Bills do. It's important to be a problem solver and I mm-hmm. think Steve Wilkes and a motivator. Like I, I think Steve Wilkes has that in spades right now. That's key. However, the play caller is the issue. Mm-hmm. And he's a defensive guy. That doesn't mean you can't be a head coach. Yeah, It just means you have to have the right guy with you calling the plays and grooming the quarterback. It just so happens in today's NFL, those are the guys who end up more often than not being the head coach. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not Ben McAdoo, it's fine. It's not going to be it's Ben McAdoo. Be and as long as Sam Darnold's not the quarterback, it should be fine. I can't promise you that, but I, I doubt it will be Sam Darnold. Wilkes managed to get to six and six and in contention to win a bad division with three quarterbacks that are not going to be starters next year, or they're not going to be positioned as starters next year. Baker Mayfield is not a starter. Maybe Mayfield ends ends up as the Rams starter. You don't know what the heck's going to happen with the Rams. Stafford, the neck injury. Stafford says he's coming back. Yeah, he might say that, but again, you don't know what Mrs. Stafford is saying after watching the DeMar Hamlin thing. That's fair. That's fair. He says, I'm just going based on what Matt Stafford said today. He says he's he's doing fine. He's getting healthy. He plans to be back in 2023. Sam Darnold is... Is, is Sean McVay going to be back? In I'm a, just saying, that's a great question. I'm just saying I, I, I generally agree with you, mm-hmm. but I would not surprise me if Baker Mayfield ends up being the starting quarterback for the Rams. That would not surprise me. Look, at last week when we talked about the Panthers' season effectively being over, I still made the argument that Steve Wilkes should be in consideration. Mm-hmm. I think the way they went about winning a meaningless football game in the fashion that they did, which is essentially coaching around Sam Darnold, shows you that there's something there with Wilkes 
that I would like to build off of. And I know enough about Sam Darnold now that you don't want to build off of him. Okay? Correct. And last week, we got a, I got a lot of response to my opinion that Sam Sam Bradford, Sam Sam Darnold. He was Steve Wilkes' quarterback uh, he was, in Arizona. He was, and that explains a lot, doesn't it? So that Sam Darnold, we know enough about him, and just because he has a couple of good games does not indicate to you that he can consistently do it because we have plenty of data to show you that he can't. I don't want to beat a dead horse here. But the reason why I keep bringing it up is because I still have jabronis in my timeline or emailing me or leaving comments on the YouTube page that are like, hey, man, that interception wasn't on him. Yes, it was. Well, that fumble, he didn't fall on it. But, 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 but. No, 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 buts. He had a passer rating of 2.8 in yesterday's win. They won with a quarterback of a passer rating of 2.8. I believe that's the third worst passer rating in Panthers history, and the Panthers have had some bad quarterbacks hello jimmy clausen okay so best thing that was ever said to me as it relates to sam darnold that helps prove my point is that sam darnold's hit that weird nebulous point that cam ward was in with the carolina panthers right where he has a couple of good games and people freak out and they're like oh there he is he's back and then of course the issue was they kept bringing guys in who couldn't beat him out on the job that's the bad place that's the bad place you want to be in that place. We lived that place for 10 years. Panthers, you don't want that, okay? You don't want that with Sam Donald. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One quick uh, golf thing that I figured Jillio would enjoy. Are you familiar with um, Harry Higgs? Yeah, of course. My spirit animal. He just lost his tour card. Why? Yeah, apparently lost his uh, PGA Tour card last year, but he's played in a number of events already during the season on sponsor exemptions. Mm. So um, apparently the Golf golf Week pitched him this idea of like, hey, man, here's a TV station devoted so you know to golf. You know, all Harry all the time. You know, we got thoughts on this. He says he's actually, you know, he said, on a serious note, I'm actually worried about the PGA Tour as a TV product, partly because, quote, Live Golf took all the blanks. They took all the villains. That's a problem. You agree with that? They did take a lot of the unlikable players. Yes. I mean, there is something to be said about watching a guy fail and enjoying it. True. But now you get to watch Live Golf fail entirely and watch them suffer for it. But that's neither here nor there. All right. So we got the we got the we got the championship game tonight, the national championship game tonight between TCU and Georgia. Sonny Dykes is the head coach at TCU. However, speaking of quantum mania. Speaking of the multiverse, is there a timeline where Sonny Dykes is the head coach at NC State? All right, I'm going to tell you this story the long way. All right. Story time with Uncle Joe. <laughs> when Debbie Howe fired Sidney Lowe as the basketball coach at NC State. Mm-hmm. This was after the 2011 ACC tournament down in Greensboro. She identified Shaka Smart to be her next coach from VCU. 
Shaka just so happened to lead VCU from the first four to the final four. And, well, it was kind of hard to hire him away. She also thought that Gary Williams had sabotaged that search specifically with Shaka Smart while she waited for Shaka Smart to get bounced out of the NCAA tournament. Shaka's off the board. Mark Turgeon she talked to. He was too referential to Roy Williams because he had worked for him. Never course. forget. Never forget. So there was others involved there. Mick Cronin, Greg Marshall, um, Josh Pastner, who she had loved. Sean Miller was one that she had really, really wanted after uh, Shaka. Didn't happen. Long story short, she ends up going through a classic NC State coaching search. Mm-hmm. The very next year, she decides to fire Tom O'Brien after the end after they had beaten Boston College to end the regular season. Instead of going through that rigmarole again, she went to Mark Gottfried's agent, Jordan Bazant, who is well-known in college football. He represents a lot of different coaches. Mm -hmm. And she said to him, even before she fired Tom, all right, I'm getting ready to make a change. I need, give me two or three guys who you know would take the job who I can talk to. Jordan represents, among the people that Jordan used to represent, he's now working at Fox. He's now an attorney for Fox Sports. He said, I got Sonny Dykes at Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech went 9-3 and three in, mm-hmm. in uh, 20, excuse me, went 8-5 and five in 2011. And he goes, 2012, excuse me. And he goes, uh, I've got Dave Doran, who's 11-1 and one at Northern Illinois. And she's like, alright, we'll talk to both of them. So she did. And Dykes spent most of his career. His dad, remember, was at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. He spent a lot, and he was at Louisiana Tech. He had some success, but it wasn't the number one thing that Debbie cares about, which is recruiting. Yes, that's Dave true. Dave Doran, while only a, a head coach for two years in Northern Illinois, had spent time as a primary recruiter at Kansas and Wisconsin. So, it, it, basically, they brokered the deal that was, you know, Sonny probably fits better at Cal. He ended up at Cal. And you probably prefer Dave anyway. So Dave ended up at NC State. Here we are 10 years later. Sonny Dykes ended up at Cal for four years, SMU for five years, and TCU this year. And Dave's been at NC State the whole time. And Dave has been at NC State the whole time. And now Jordan is the number two lawyer for Fox. Unreal. Story time with Uncle Joe. I feel like we we should do that more often.